headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods at Moving and Storage Studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am Ramsey personality Rachel Cruz, hosting today with my good friend and fellow Ramsey personality, Dr. John Deloney. And we are here again to answer your questions about life and money. So give us a call at 888-825-5225. All right. Up first, we have John in Nashville. Hey, John, welcome to the show. Hey, how are y'all? Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely, John. How can we help? So um, my wife and I have a good bit of money in savings, and we're uh, not sure whether we go debt-free route or if we work towards homeownership and put, use that money to put down on a house. Okay. Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, how much do you guys have saved? We have uh, right at 70000 Okay. And that's non-retirement savings just in the bank? No, we're, we're 25. It's, it's all in um, sitting in savings. Okay, perfect. And how much debt do you guys have? I'm going to say right at 100 to 110 Okay. What's the, what's the debt consist of? Um, it's a truck that still lacks about 30 or 35 There's a boat. Um, it's so owe forty nine on it, and then we have thirty. I have thirty in student loan. Okay, how much you guys make a year? Uh, households like one forty, one thirty five. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm, my my first response is yeah, you don't need to be buying a house right now because you guys have a lot of debt. You have a lot of stuff. Uh, hanging around your neck when it comes to payments and everything. And so, um, no, I would take that 70 grand and start paying off this debt. I mean, how, 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 how like financially in pain, it's kind of a weird question, but like, are, do you guys feel this urgency of like, oh, wow, we have a, we have a lot of debt. Like we have almost as much debt as we do, you know, making an income a year. Do y'all have a sense of urgency or are y'all kind of just live in life and you're cool? Well, no, not at all, to be honest. Um, yeah. I know that may be the wrong answer on this show, but um, it's so the boat, I, I when I go to sell it, I'll stand to make twelve to 15000 on it. Given the market right now, you know, the market's not great with interest rates. Um, the boat, I mean, I've been paying over the minimum payment since we got it. So I, I still think even if I sold it, you know, it should bring another five or so to the to our pockets. Um, and I have a company truck, so I mean, the truck it just sits in the garage. Um, I just I I don't feel the urge to really, and we don't know. That's that's why I'm calling. Not sure what the best idea to do is because I feel like I could get rid of all that by the end of next week if I yeah if I really wanted to. Yeah, um, clean up seven. Yeah, for sure. <clears throat> so why just, why, why um, don't why don't you want to? Well, a large amount of money from our savings came from um, a fishing tournament. Of course, so I, I fish kind of at a semi-professional level, and at the end of the day, we still we still only live on thirty-five-sixty-five percent of our income. Um, let me say let me say it this way. Um, my my father in law is on the circuit too, so I totally get that world. I get that life, and I get showing up with this boat with those trucks. I get all that. Mm-hmm. Um, 
<clears throat> on the flip side, my wife and I, um, Dave is very generous to my family. And when we bought a house, um, I was driving a 2012 truck with right under 200,000 miles on it. Dave would give okay. me a hard time about it. But what was more important to me was to give my wife a home and give our, our family stability. Because all of this, now I could just sell at any time. I'm telling you right now, that's 100% bullcrap. That's you flexing to yourself, giving yourself an excuse to keep your toys. Because you know as well as I do that COVID comes along and stuff shuts down. Or interest rates go way up. Or I filled up my car just a minute ago. And two days ago when I left, I've been gone because I went to Texas for a speaking event. I came back. Gas is up like 25 or 30 cents higher. And I rented a truck while I was in Texas, and I got home and said, I'm going to buy a truck when I get back. And then today, I said, thank God I got this hybrid Toyota that I drive. So you can say it all you want, but until you're holding that cash in your hand, none of that, I could just, none of that's real. It's not real. It's not mm-hmm. true. And so the, I think I think Rachel's question is instructive. If you don't care that you're just paying all this money and interest and making other people rich, then, then I mean, knock your lights out, man. I'll still be your friend. We'll still mm-hmm. hang out. But... If you are ready to yeah. be able to fish in it with a boat that's paid off and drive a truck that you don't owe money on, dude, change your life, man. Get your wife a house, get y'all a house, get some stability, and make yourself anti-fragile, not just waiting until the next thing falls over. Because what's crazy, John, about just even your numbers, you just said, yeah, we live on about you know 60% of our income. So you take that, and so you're living on you know, 70, 80,000 a year, take the remaining income, sell your truck and you could be completely debt free. You're not even using your truck. You use your company truck and the other one sits in the garage as you're making payments on it. So like there's some smart things to do here from a mathematical standpoint. I'm not even talking about the other side, the emotional side and all of that that we talk a lot about on this show and how much that frees you up. But John, like from a mathematical standpoint, if you guys for one year lived, like you're saying you live 60%, which isn't even sacrificial to y'all because that's just how you live. Maybe you cut it even more and it's 50%. Then take that seventy grand and pay off the truck. That's a hundred thousand dollars, and pay off the boat, pay off the student loans, and start investing. Start letting your money work for you. Start actually trying to build wealth than just sitting here making payments and just kind of like living the life. Do you know what I mean? Like, there's a really intentional plan that you guys have the ability to walk down. But if you, if the attitude is, and I'm not trying to pick on you, but if the attitude is like, well, we're kind of just fine. I don't think there's much, you know, that we're going to be able to do because the reason you called in was asking about a house. So my answer to you would be like, no, I would not use that 70000 for a house. I would use it to pay off debt, lower your income, get this stuff cleaned up. And then you guys have the ability to save up again for a down payment on a house and you can start moving that way after an emergency fund. So there's a way you can do it, but it's not going to just happen. And there's a part of me, John, that thinks like, yeah, you're, I mean, and some people are at that place, right? I mean, yeah. there's- what, What's yeah. your wife say about it? So she's kind of, I mean, she's on the same page as me. It's, it's, uh, you know, the goal is to hopefully at some point fish for a living. Um, so it, but you know, it still just goes back to the, to the first thing I saw, I said, yeah. it's either, can we go ahead? I mean, and get into it. Is it a good idea to go ahead and get into that, this house and have home ownership and then start working towards, you know, then paying everything off or is someone going to recommend, Hey, go ahead and knock everything out. And then, because then, you know, kind of back to square one with saving, and it's part of it. But um, but you're back. You're, yeah, I mean, you're, that was just a question. You're back at square one, but, man, I, I wouldn't quit my job to fish full-time unless I didn't owe anybody any money. If, if you don't owe anybody any money, you and your wife could take a risk like that for a year. 
Hang on the line, man. Um, October 19th through the 21st here in Nashville is a marriage seminar. We're going to talk about money and marriage and how to get it all wrapped up together. I'm going to give you and your wife two free tickets. It's a $700 value. It's going to be on me. It's right down the street. Y'all come join us, and um, we'll see if we can uh, change We'll be friends and see what happens. That's right. (laughs) Thanks for the call. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. Hey, it's Dr. John Deloney, and one of the most common questions I get is how to get something off your chest. A deep secret you've never told anyone, or maybe something that happened to you, something you've done that you're worried about because bringing it to light will disrupt your life, anything. I say this all the time, secrets will kill you, but it's hard to know where to start when it comes to talking about scary, dark things. Therapy can be a safe, effective place to get things off your chest, to learn how to say hard things out loud, and figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. I've personally been blessed to have a great therapist who helps me get those heavy things off my chest. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's flexible because it's online, so you can suit it to fit your schedule. Just fill out a short questionnaire, you get matched with a licensed therapist, and you can switch therapists at any time for no extra cost. It's time to get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Deloney today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Deloney. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. Uh, The question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. Take your home's efficiency and style to the next level with convenient solutions from Shelf Genie, Window Genie, and Glass Doctor. Visit Neighborly.com to schedule home services and professionals near you. I could use a visit from the Shelf Genie. Shelves are great. I need, a, little or, a little organization. I need a lot it's of great. that. All right, today's question comes from Katie in Oregon. Katie writes, about seven years ago, my parents had asked me to get a home together with them. At the time, we were in an apartment with a baby, and our home buying option was taking longer as my husband is self-employed. I said no many times, but after being asked over and over again, my husband and I agreed. Here I am seven years later and miserable. Yes. My parents put the house in their name with only me on the mortgage. I'm not even on the deed. Oh, Katie. They tell me that I can't be on the deed due to the fact that they are over 65 and will say on taxes. That's insane. My husband completely renovated the home, spending many thousands of dollars as the house was falling apart. When we purchased it, we pay 80% of the house bills. And whenever something happens, we fix it ourselves and put the time and money into it. At this point, my parents know I'm unhappy, but they have informed me that if we decide to sell the house, they will be keeping most of the profit because they are retired and will need it, whereas we are still young and working. We have no money saved up because it has been all spent in this home, which has led to some debt as well. I feel like we've been fixing a home that we simply rent. My parents have complete control legally and financially. I feel so helpless, lost, and and taken advantage of. That's it. Wow. Well... (laughs) let's forget all the other stuff let me just i'll just say this Uh, katie you have been taken advantage of and you knew this was going to happen you knew it that's why you fought it for so long because this kind of this kind of these two your parents they didn't just suddenly turn into this they've been like this your whole life and you knew this was a bad idea mm. and you kept going back because you had this imaginary fantasy that one day we're all gonna be one big happy family and they kept saying well if we're gonna be a happy family then you have to give us this house and your parents, hear me, have stolen from you. They have, they have used you, taken from you, and stolen from you. If I'm you, 
I forget the parents part now. Let's put the parent part aside. There's yeah. two adults who are stealing from you, robbing, melting your marriage and taking all of your money for you and your small family. I would figure out whatever way I can get out of this thing as quickly as possible. Mm-hmm. If I have to sue them, possibly consider that because they are stealing from you. And if not, if you don't want to sue them, then you walk away. With the loss. You walk away and learn your lesson, and you and your husband lick your wounds, and y'all go on the next. I mean, yeah. it's just, it just grosses me out, uh, Rachel. I know. At the beginning, I was trying to go back and reread. Did Is she living in the house with them? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so they're, they're all, all together. living in the house. Yeah, so Katie, I'd move out, and I would be done with it. Um, I would ask them, yeah, to get your name off the mortgage. If you need, if they need to refinance, whatever they have to do, get your name. I would, I would break this deal and if they won't separate. take your name off the mortgage, then you you list the house for sale. Yeah, because you're, I mean, yeah. I Yeah, that's the number one thing. And again, I know there's a lot of loss here from the financial standpoint, because you guys have spent all of your savings, all of your debt. And also though, Katie, like you, you and your husband have to take a look in the mirror and be like, wow, we chose this. Like we're adults. We chose this for seven years, and we and we made this decision. So it it's a it's a complete change, not just from a financial living perspective, Katie. But this is how you're going to basically view and what you're communicating to your parents, which is the first time you've ever done it. As a, and you're an adult, you're an adult, and this is what needs to happen because John's right; they've taken complete advantage of you guys. Okay, so John, from like a psychological standpoint, when parents do this, maybe I'm very naive, mm-hmm. but there's like that innate sense that majority of and i know there's like really toxic abusive situations right in the world but parents like this katie's situation do they think that they're do they know what they're doing or in their minds this is the right thing like do you know what i mean like is it is it malicious for Um, parents like this in this type of relationship like do they know what they're doing or in their like backwards minds no no no, we're helping them but no they know they're not i mean when they say like if you sell it we're we're taking it all and like they know it's theirs, right? Um, no, I, th- I think what happens there there becomes an a you owe me, like oh, okay. like I and I've heard this. I bought you groceries. I made sure you always had clothes. And I, dude, I you see me get irate. I don't ever get mad. You, you know that. I like that makes you. They're uh-huh. your kid, of course. Right. Like that right. wasn't an investment that you were owed this back later with interest, right? Right. I gave you a house for eighteen years. Yes, I was <laughs> you, a child. You yeah. made them into the world. It's right. all, it is on you, right? Right, right. So there is a well. I did this, and so like mm, we just don't have an, anything it's an because yeah, like you, mm-hmm. you got to take care of your parents, and so it's. I, I don't want to go down the diagnostic route, um, but it's just a gross situation because yeah. whether you're six or whether you're twenty six, whether you're forty six, nobody wants to think my parents are are preying on me right are using me right and so you spend seven years 30 years trying to fix that relationship because somehow you think you're doing something wrong because they would never do that because they're Mm -hmm. your mom they're your dad Mm -hmm. and it's a scary moment when somebody like me tells you you have to walk away because they're 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 gonna kill you yeah right they're robbing you blind yep and it's hard to like oh my gosh to shake that reality because rachel no matter what happens in your life, whatever hell you go through, whatever terrible decisions you make, yeah, there should always be two people that you know the door is open if you if you need somewhere to go. Yeah. And Katie has learned the hard way that door is closed. She cannot go to them because they'll steal from her. Mm-hmm. And that's a that's yeah. a soul shaking, bone rattling realization for for folks. Yeah, it's hard. And that it takes a situation like a messy house situation 
financially to wake up to that emotional sense of, oh my gosh, this is the reality. My reality is and my parents steal from me. Yeah. And, and, and they're stealing from their grandkid. Yeah. They're, my parents will steal from their grandchild. For their own entitlement's sake. Mm. What do you say to people? Because I've heard, you mentioned it earlier. I just kind of want to go back to it. Because um, I've heard it a lot on this show and even talking to people. This sense of it is my, it's my responsibility. It is my duty to take care of my parents. And if they're 70 years old with no retirement, uh, you know, or whatever the situation is, and we have money, like it is out. It, I need to take care of them because of you know what they did, and they're you know they're not asking, or or maybe they are asking for a for an adult child and their parent relationship. What does that look like when the parent is the one that needs help, mm-hmm. and the child the adult child maybe can provide, but doesn't you don't need to feel obligated in that like what yeah, ha- what's so, that boundary it's messy, I, I have but. a str- yeah I, I i've probably have a little bit different take on it i and i can get all philosophical about it i just know that if my mom was she's in her 70s if my dad passed away and she's like i have nothing i would have a sense of obligation i gotta figure something i want to help her right? yes um the two big things are number one me and my household me and my wife me and my kids we're whole we're good and so I, we put our oxygen mask on first. We're, we're no good helping somebody else to your, and you die in the process doesn't help anybody, right? So if you financially can't, if you are underwater and you, you can't, you don't have any money to give. And yep. we've been on the show, you and I have been taking calls where someone's like, I need you to, to open up some credit cards because I have to pay groceries. My, well, she's 66 and doesn't want to, I don't care what she wants to. She's got to mm-hmm. eat. That I means mm-hmm. she's got to go work, right? So number one, you have to be whole. And number two, you have to draw some boundaries. And that is not whatever they want. They want us to take over the mortgage because they want to keep living in this house. No, they can move in the apartment down the street from you where you live if that's and what we'll y'all can afford. With the, with the rent. That's, that's right. That's right. Well, right, right. But they're grownups and they can opt out of the help I'm able and willing to provide but it's going to come with some boundaries. So the first one is you got to be whole and your marriage has to be good. Y'all have to be okay financially. And two, y'all have to sit down and say, here's what we're willing to do or not do. Um, it's that, that old honor your father and mother doesn't mean do whatever they say for as long as they say, even when it's abusive or even when it's theft, right? Right. right. Or even when it's going to crush your own children, that's not honoring your household. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it also means, Sorry, old man, you should have... No, I'm going to help and take care of my parents. If, if I've got the means and ability, Absolutely, yes. I'm going to reach out. Yep, because I think that's what's so hard about situations like this. And Katie's, like, I know, is a little different. But but it is that idea of like, oh my gosh, like they are my parents. But when the roles reverse and you're in a better place financially than your parents, or even emotionally, you're in a healthier place than your parents. Like, you, like, it's weird when that transition happens, but it happens for a lot of people. And those of you listening maybe on the track of like becoming debt-free and having savings and all of it. So you may find yourself in that position of I'm so much better off than my parents are. What is my obligation? What does that role look like? So that's so helpful, John. Thanks so much. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics and there was some pretty troubling news. When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. 
They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I'm Rachel Cruz, hosting today with Dr. John Deloney. And John, you mentioned this in the first segment, but you and I are kind of co-headlining an entire weekend event. I am your opener. Called, Always will be, oh, okay, Rachel. Okay, Rachel okay, Cruz is headlining. Uh, I'm, the main, I'm the main act. And I'm opening. John's opening uh, for Money and Marriage. And that is going to be in October uh, and we are so excited about this. It's going to be a full weekend event. And so you can go to RamseySolutions.com and yeah, get all the information there because uh, it's, it's, pa- it's going to be a full packed weekend, October 19th through the 21st. And we've, we're going over content now. We've been planning this for for weeks now. And, we, and, and we, we, there's, we've had a lot of conversations behind closed doors. This is a very un-Ramsey event, right? Yes, it's a, yes. It's a, it's a weekend thing. We're talking about sex. We're talking about money. We're talking about, like, we're, it, it will be a deep, deep dive. We'll have special guests come and join us. Yep. Um, and we'll have a ton of fun with, and we're in Nashville, so there's always going to be surprises. Yes. And we'll have a prom one night. It'll be a blast. It'll it's going to be good. It's going to be fun, you guys. So, again, this is going to be more an event, I'll say this, for people, baby steps, you know, four, five, six, and beyond because uh, it is a little bit of a, a higher ticket price, but it's a it's full days. We're diving into a lot of content. You're going to get um, a, it's just a it's it's a really fun experience because it's two subjects that I think are really difficult for people, and so we're going to bring hopefully a lot of instruction, but also it's going to be fun. Clarity, we're going to have a lot fun. of fun. Yeah. yeah. So again, go to RamseySolutions.com/slash/events for the money and marriage weekend. Events. By the way, I thought it was super expensive. I thought six ninety nine, seven ninety nine was a bajillion dollars. And then everyone I've talked to it, that has ever put on an event like this, they were like, "You undersold by half. What are you doing?" Like, totally, I they've know. They've been getting on to me about it. Well, like, we're used to like evening events, like yeah. building wells that will hit you know different cities, and so this being longer event and all of it, yeah, maybe to us we're like, yeah, it's kind of a come a come thing, uh, but it's come. good. Come to Nashville, hang out for a weekend, have a blast. That's right. Absolutely. All right. Coming up next, we got Thomas in Columbia, South Carolina. Hey, Thomas. Welcome to the show. Hey, how's it going? How are y'all? Good. What's up, man? Hey, yeah. So uh, just some background information uh, to start off with. Um, I'm 30 years old. I work in a okay IT job. I'm making about 42K. Um, I have around like 35K debt. It's uh, primarily student loan at five and a half. I have about like 9K in savings and not much in retirement right now. But my question for you guys is essentially, how am I supposed to follow the baby steps when I'm constantly struggling with ADHD? Because it seems like it's virtually impossible to maintain, stick with these long-term goals such as this especially when the literature shows that stuff like this is very difficult for neurodivergent people. Well, I've lived in that literature because I am that person. And so on the other side of it, I can tell you it's possible because I'm sitting here. And um, I think if you Google the Wikipedia page for ADHD, my face comes up on it. And so (laughs) um, here's how I've chosen to look at it. Um, 
number one, that is not a stamp or an identity or a this is a, a death sentence, if you will. A a in stone, this is the path that you will go on. For me, it's a helpful piece of information about how my body and brain respond to stress and chaos and how my brain and body respond to some daily um, stimulus. And so I have to do the broader work, which is to create a world in a context where um, I'm able to function and do what I need to do. So I want you to, to, to stamp this sentence on your soul that I'm about to give you. It is a context, not an excuse. It might be harder for you to do certain things. It might be harder for you to stick with certain things. And that means you're going to have to work harder than the average person or someone who's more neurotypical to create boundaries for you and to create plans and accountability for you so that you get to the end. Absolutely. So when I say that, does that does that hurt your feelings? Does that empower you? Because when I changed the way I thought about it, I felt like... I was a laser beam instead of I was, I was at the mercy of this thing. No, I mean, I totally get what you're saying. It's, it's trying to, I see, I see it as like a way of like shifting your mentality towards the whole, the whole notion of it. Yeah. But it's bigger than that because I think we have a way of a whole culture that's about manifesting and just change your, change your mindset. You can't do that with ADHD. That's the issue is the mindset is is the challenge. So what I have to do, I I have to, powerfully invest in discipline. I have to do the same thing every day over and over, especially when I don't want to, when I don't feel like I can. And I also have to create gaps so that on those days that is just maniacal and chaotic, um, that I've got space enough that I'm still going to get to work on time. And that I'm still going to, and there's been seasons I've talked about on the show. There's been seasons, especially old John, I would give my debit card to my wife. I was out of control. And so I began yeah. to put huge hurdles between me and decisions that were going to get me in trouble when I was being impulsive. Um, and then as I went down the literature with ADHD and recognized diet and sleep and counseling and significant exercise in shifting my life way upstream, my ADHD symptoms, the day-to-day hell that was living with that has transformed, my friend. Transformed. Right. Right. How's your overall yeah. life in that way, Thomas? When he when he kind of says all of that, uh, do you feel like you have a, a grip on all of that? Uh, I mean, some days are better than others. I mean, no doubt. But um, I mean, I've been dealing with it like you know ever since I was little. So it's just you know an, a constant, ongoing battle. So why that, are you working a you know, job that you don't to, like that doesn't honor you? It's not that it, you know, it doesn't honor me. It's just uh, a job that I can tolerate. Because I have skills in that area, but one of one of the one of the magic parts, one of the superpowers of somebody who is is struggles with ADHD is the ability to laser in on something like nobody else. Yeah, hyper focusing. That's right. So, what are the things that bring you hyper focus in your life? For me, I found it. It was sitting with hurting people, which is a strange thing. But everything shut off when I sat in this in the sewer with somebody who is hurting and i begin to build a world around okay i can that my body locks in when that happens what's that thing for you i mean honestly like i got into what i'm doing now because of my my desire and my passion for technology when i was younger 
And I feel like, I don't know, as I'm getting older and, you know, experiencing, you know, the real world, so to say, uh, I feel part of that has died to a degree. And so let me tell you this. I could be um, helping people as a professional licensed counselor. I could go get my certification, go sit with people eight hours a day um, or 10 hours a day, seven days a week, and that would slowly burn me out. I could go back yeah. to being a dean of students, which is the way I could sit with hurting people and help folks, but also I had a whole bunch of other things. What you have done is you've allowed a job that's, that's um, the minutia of the particular role you took in technology, which is the thing that brought you joy and hyperfocus and laser beam. You've taken one role and let it suck your soul. And you said, well, this is just growing up, as Blink-182 says. It's not. You're just not in the right gig. And right, if right. you're good at programming, you're good at IT, I don't care what you do, $42,000 is about half your market value. No doubt. And so a gift for somebody with ADHD is connection, other people. People looking at you and thinking you have value and working on projects, not just in jobs, working on projects that you're like, yes, I want to solve this problem. And that's when ADHD has become a superpower for folks, myself included. Yeah, that's so good, John. So get- I, I would I, I would stay on the line because we're going to send you Ken Coleman's Get Clear Assessment. And I want you to look at that and begin to ask yourself about not technology, but ask yourself about problems that you want to be working on and solving, people you want to be helping. Yeah, and, and the challenge too, Thomas, of looking at that job because when you up your income, as you called back to getting on track with the baby steps, you know, that $1,000 emergency fund you have and then starting to work to pay off that debt, like what are systems in place financially that can keep you on track and keep you focused and maybe it's smaller goals day to day or week to week versus the big 18 you know 24 month goals but finding what works for you thomas but i think a big confidence boost would be looking into the marketplace and see what you're worth and see if you can get your income up thanks for the call hey folks dave ramsey here there are moments in life we don't want to forget like your kids graduation or the once in a lifetime trip for the big moments the everyday moments and everything in between every dollar is there to help you budget for all of it it's the simple budgeting app that helps you plan save and spend for the important things budget for the life you really want every moment of it download the app or check the link in the show notes to create your free account today, every dollar. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. We are taking your calls, America. It's a free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. Up next, we have Forrest in Houston, Texas. Hey, Forrest, welcome to the show. Hey, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Absolutely. What's How up, can we help? Forrest? Oh, nothing much, man. Hey, so I am a newly found Dave Ramzonian, and um, <laughs> I love been, the title. It's a very Houstonian <laughs> thing to say. Yeah, I've, I've been listening for about a week and a half, and you know, before I started listening, I really thought that I was in a good place financially. But the more I listen, the more I realize that I really might not be. Mm-hmm. Um, so I am planning on proposing to my girlfriend here in the next couple of months. Oh, and, congratulations. Um, Dude, do it do it on on the air. Do it right now. Let's call her. <laughs> Forrest, I won't let you. I would not let yeah. you. Forrest, I got but, engaged um, in a Papacitos in Houston. <laughs> hey, that uh, that's not With a, a sombrero, call. right? The tortillas were great, but everything else was a disaster. Do it better than I did, man. It was not it was not great. It was embarrassing. 
Oh man, that's funny. Oh. Well, uh, um, so so my question is, I have a twenty six thousand dollar car note on, well, truck note, um, and she has about. My girlfriend has about $44,000 in student loan payments. Um, since I started listening to y'all a week and a half ago, I've paid all my student loans off. I have. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Way to go, man. Well done. How much was that? Yeah, it, it was only about five grand, okay. but I just wanted to get it out of the way. Um, I make, so I, I'll get into some numbers for y'all. I make about $130,000. I'm 25 years old. Um, and Good God, man. What I, do you do? I'm a field sales engineer. Um, I sell electronic components for a electronic component manufacturer. I work with companies, engineers, to get our parts specced into their new like prototype builds. So, I don't know any of the words you just said, but congratulations, <laughs> man. That's awesome. That's really <laughs> great, you. man. Thank you. So um, I guess what my question is, um, I, I want to get my car note and her debt paid off as quickly as possible. And being in field sales, I am driving, um, I drive everywhere. I mean, I go have five or six customer calls at different locations every single day. So I'm on the road constantly and I drive a truck. So looking back, I don't think it was the best purchase, but I'm wondering if I should just sell it and get like a hybrid or a little car with a lot better gas mileage and put that money towards, um, towards like my car note and her student loans, or if y'all think I should just pay it off as quickly as possible and then start tackling her student loans. Um, okay. Well, I'll say this first and foremost for us. I would not tackle her student loans until you guys are married. We've taken sadly a good number of calls on this show where couples combine finances before they're married and he pays off her loans six months down the road and the engagement it ends and they're off right and and that money was you know i hate to say wasted but for that person individual was wasted and so, i know that when she just said that you just were like yeah i know that, that's, that not, never that's be not us. us rachel and i would not have jobs if everybody's plans always worked out yeah just so, so, just, just, right. you know. so when you guys say i do and you're driving to the reception you can log on online and pay it all off that moment but not until you are legally married do you need to pay on anyone's debt or uh, even combined finances. So I'll just say that as a quick like overshot. Uh, but for you and your truck, do you like the truck? Yeah, I, I, I love it. Uh, but looking back, it was just one of those things where I'm like, I finally finished school. I'm making a good income. Sure. Yeah. Uh, I want to. I want to. I did the exact same thing, dude. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. honestly, Forrest, with your income, this the debt you could pay off the truck and be fine. But if you're looking at it as an overall just an experiential idea because of you drive a lot and you're like, Oh my gosh, I could have a hybrid and save on gas. Like it would be a different play. Then yeah, I would sell the truck, uh, save up some money, buy some, buy a hybrid, buy something that, you know, gas mileage wise, because you drive so much is more efficient to your lifestyle. Then you could do that too. But, but the numbers, you know, some people call and we're like, sell the truck, sell the truck, sell the car, uh, because their debt is half of their annual income or, or their annual income. We've gotten that call before. So because of your income is so high, you could buckle down and just pay it off. But if you don't want the truck, I would Kelly Blue Book it and see what you get for the difference. Save some money on the side for us. And then, yeah, get a used car for now and then kind of work your way up and keep stepping up in car. But I wouldn't go get another car loan on a hybrid, though. 
Right. And I, I did check Kelly Blue Book. Uh, I mean, I owe about 25000 on it. It's saying I could get around thirty six. Oh, my gosh. Hey, bro, I would listen. You would make money on it? I would You should have seen Dave Ramsey's face when he found out the guy he had just hired. I was driving a Prius for that very reason. And he was like, what? And then I totaled the Prius and I upgraded to, drum roll, please, the most masculine car you can drive, a Highlander. But I, I live far away. And so I'm like, like the gas mileage part. And I've driven a truck my whole adult life, and I love trucks, and I'll have one again, but right now it just makes sense. So I think what Rachel said is that that's less of a financial thing, and it's more of a, is this, is this make sense for the job I have and for the gas mileage that I've got? I think, and everyone's just got to make that choice. But dude, if I was you right now, I'd sell that truck right now. Yeah. I'd save up ten grand and buy a $20,000 hybrid and be off to the race. Do you have any cash, Forrest? Yeah, I have. Well, that, that's another thing. So I... I don't know. Let's just say something happens to my truck. I, I know that the baby steps say to save up $1,000, but let's, let's just say my transition goes out. I'm one of those people that has $10,000 in like my emergency fund, just because it puts me at a better, in a better headspace. Uh, I just, I don't but know. That, that, that cash is, uh, is costing you money. Okay. Yeah. I, okay. So I need to just when you have twenty thousand dollars at seven percent interest that you're paying out, and you're have ten thousand dollars in the bank at two percent, you're you're that it's costing you five percent of that money f- for a peace of mind. Which, and I'll give you some of that, but part of that thousand dollars is to is you should be uncomfortable. You should be like, I don't have enough. If something really goes wrong, you're exactly right. You don't, and it's it's supposed to spur you on to get this crap knocked out. So really how much quick. how much do you have saved for us? You have ten grand. Yes, ma'am. Okay, so if you can sell your car for thirty six, you owe twenty five. You'll have eleven thousand dollars to replace your car. You have ten grand, which is your three to six months of expenses that you're starting to save, Ta-da. and then you go, yeah. So you're fine. The car is the piece that, or the truck. Golly, Forrest, I would probably just sell it by the end of the week, make money on it, use that difference, go get a used car. It's not going to be as fun as your truck for a little bit, but that's okay. You're just driving it, put miles on it. Uh, you got your ten grand in the bank as your three to six months of expenses, and then I would start saving cash. And when you guys set a date for for getting married, and and her, what what does she make? She has forty four thousand in student loans. What does she make? Well, so she's kind of in between jobs right now. So she was working as a purchasing agent for a manufacturing company, but she has decided that she wants to um, she wants to get her teaching certification. So she's going to start teaching here in December. Um, and another thing that I didn't even mention is we're, we're going to be moving my job transitioned me to the DFW area. So, um, we're just kind of in a transition period right now. Yeah. Okay. So then, I mean, if I were you guys, I, again, the whole truck thing, sell it by the end of the week, get 11 grand, go buy another car, have the 10 K. And then you're, I mean, you're a single guy right now making 130. I would just pile cash pile away for cash, us. Dude, yeah. Because you guys are going to be saving for a wedding. You're saving for a transit, a move, uh, knowing your future wife has some debt that you're probably going to be paying on a after, wedding? You, after you guys, yeah, after you guys get married. So, like, you have a lot of stuff happening right now. So, if I were you, get rid of the truck payment. Save, 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 save for us, and you'll have a pile of money in the bank, which is amazing to be able to use for all this transition that's coming up. But it's really exciting. I'm so glad you're a a new listener because you guys, man, it is. Uh, I just want to ask Forrest thing. a real question. Forrest, yeah. um, what are the chances she listens to this show? Well, <laughs> she hasn't yet. But okay, uh, listen, listen, listen. We're right up against the clock. So listen, I've. 
Rachel and I are hosting a money and marriage retreat October 19th to the 21st. If I okay. gave you two tickets, would you propose on stage? It would make for oh our show gosh. to be awesome here in Nashville. Forrest, do not promise that. I'm, Forrest, I'm taking you off because I'm not even going to put that pressure Why? on you. Why? That would be no. so great. No. It would make for a great show. No. I would she would love him forever. If I got engaged on a sh- at a, on an event. You would? Yes. You fun ruiner. Unbelievable. It would have been awesome, Forrest. All right, Forrest. you guys. Stay on the line. Stay on the line if you want it, Forrest. Thank you, guys. Thanks, America, for listening. Thanks to everyone in the booth for helping out. Thank you, John, for making this crazy. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, broadcasting from the pods of moving and storage studio, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create actual amazing relationships. I am Ramsey personality Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with my good friend and fellow Ramsey personality, Dr. John Deloney. And we are here to answer your calls, a free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. And up first this hour, we have Emily in uh, Tacoma, Washington. That's a beautiful place. Emily, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hey, Emily, hold on one second. Is that where you just saw Taylor Swift in Tacoma? No, it was in Seattle, a little bit outside of it. But But I was up in the Pacific Northwest. It's my husband's favorite part of the country. Emily, she was a part of the uh, Taylor Swift earthquake recently. True story. (laughs) All right, so what's up? True story. How can we help? Um, so I have been listening to the show and as well as Dr. John Deloney's show for years. Um, but my husband and I have been living paycheck to paycheck and using credit cards to fill in gaps. Um, fast forward to today, I'm pregnant with baby number two due at the beginning of Con- November. Congratulations. Thank you. Um, and I'm four months into uh, intensive EMDR therapy. Um just surrounding my childhood trauma. Um, And it feels like a fog has been lifted and I'm seeing our situation more clearly. And now I'm just terrified and don't know the right right way out of uh, the mess that we've created Mm. uh, financially. Can I just tell you that that's uh, EMDR is tough and that's a courageous move on your part. I'm really proud of you. Like for real. And you're pregnant now. You've been you've been going through that for the last few months. Yeah, yeah. That will have that will have dividends on your child's nervous system that's growing inside of you. Like what you've done is is literally changing your family tree. I'm so proud of you. It's amazing. Thank you. Um, Thank you. And so, so I remember one time uh, I was doing some hard trauma counseling, and. A few months later, my counselor asked me, um, and you may have heard me talk about this on my show. She asked me, like, what do you feel? And I said, I feel like my marriage is great. My kids are great. My job is awesome. I don't know how to say this, but objectively, if I was just to go down the list, I would would tell you I feel depressed. I feel like I'm running low. And she smiled real big and said, this is you for the first time since you can remember that you're not in fight or flight. And she smiled and goes, this is what normal feels like. And you're going to have to practice living like this, without being amped up and fighting and running all the time. And I want to tell you, it's been the best living, like falling asleep at night because it's because I'm tired, right? That, those kind of moments. And so I tell you all that to tell you, as you begin to heal, reality sets in. 
right? And for me, that reality was after 15 years of running and screaming and, and fighting everybody and running and trying to achieve everything, I got a good marriage. I got a good job. I got a good life. But also, in your case, that could like the smoke can clear, the fog lifted, as you said, and you could realize, whoa, we owe a lot of money and we are living paycheck to paycheck and we're making some daily and weekly and monthly choices that have to be different. Or maybe my marriage isn't what I want it to be or what I thought it would be. And so I think now you're in a place where your body is telling you, okay, now we have some real things to be scared of in the present, right? And with trauma, like your body's responding in the present to things that happened in the past. Well, now we've got some real things in the present. And so now I want you to do this. I want you to be really curious about what your body's trying to get your attention for. And I hope you hear my voice on purpose. Like, huh, what are you trying to tell me? So as you say, I'm scared. Tell me what you're scared of. What's your body trying to get your attention about? Um, we just, we don't have anything in savings and we have about $33,000 in, um, you know, credit cards and we have a truck and then we also have a mortgage, um, on top of that. What do y'all do for a living? um, So I work for, uh, city government and my husband's a carpenter. Okay. How much you guys make? Um, we, he is unemployed for portions of the year. So um, we've been making about a hundred thousand a year. Why does he choose to be unemployed for parts of the year? Um, You know, (laughs) I don't know. So if I was a gambling man and I'm terrible at gambling, so I don't really ever do it. But if I was a gambling man, I would suggest to you that a big alarm system that's going off in your body is you are tethered to somebody that you don't feel safe with. And maybe not feel safe because he doesn't hit you or doesn't scream or run around on you, but he is not providing in a way that makes any sense to you. And you're a pregnant mother of one, about mm-hmm. to be two. You're working a full time job, and he's sitting at home going, "I don't know, I don't know." Is that is that is that ring a bell? Yeah. Yeah. Sounds like that's the place to start. Yeah. That's what we find, Emily. Is so often we say on this show, and it ends up being really true, is that our money problems are just the symptom of other things going on. And so, um, so I think, yeah, you addressing that, have you, have you addressed concerns with him in a very clear way that your thoughts, or are you just kind of now coming to this reality as you're calling us? Um, yeah, we've talked about it and he agrees with it and he understands the Dave Ramsey plan and wants to go along with it. But then when it comes to actually like, making a budget and sticking to it that's where you know i get left alone (laughs) well there's a step beneath the dave ramsey plan that he's not buying into and that is i'm going to work to provide for my family and take care of my family yeah he's not honoring his wife and he's not honoring his two kids because he takes off half the year and i i I was just in texas um this past a couple days ago um, for a speaking event. And I went to visit my friend who works maintenance at a university. And he's one of the greatest guys in the world. His name is Gustavo. And I went to visit him after move-in day. It's a thousand degrees in Texas. And I went to visit him after move-in day when the maintenance guys are up from 4.30 in the morning until 4 p.m. at night. And I knocked on his door. I haven't seen him in a decade. And his wife said, oh, he's working. He's at UPS right now. That's a guy that's working to take care of his family. Right, He went after a job that would have buried all of us, and then he went to his other job that would have buried all of us. And it was such a, is, you know, see what I'm saying? Like that's, that's taking care of your family. Your husband's not doing that. 
And then the Dave Ramsey stuff, like Rachel, we talk about this all the time. It, yeah. He just, um, he's not, that's, he's not a person of integrity at that point. Yeah. So the conversation Emily, I would have with him is not, well, we're not doing the Dave Ramsey it's, thing. I, it's, I can't breathe. It's I, I'm scared. I'm scared. And it's, that's to the point when that isn't answered and a couple can't look at each other and say, okay, how are we going to do this journey together and lock arms and figure out solutions, which could be the Dave Ramsey plan. But when you're not willing to do that, that's when the marital issues really come to light. And that's when I would say, what, bring in a third party. You guys need you, 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 counseling, right now. Yeah. therapy to get your marriage in a healthy spot and then looking at your finances. But in the meantime, Emily, doing what you can of... Yeah, creating a budget, not going in the hole financially is the band-aid to kind of keep you afloat. But the bigger picture here, I think, is that marriage piece. So we'd encourage you to go forward. I would uh, hang on the line, Emily, because Austin will pick up. And I want to give you guys Financial Peace University. If you guys can sit down and go through a few of these lessons together, I think it may be really helpful to start the conversation. This is The Ramsey Show. So here's a quick math refresher. There are only 24 hours in a day. So your business needs to streamline tasks that are time suckers and focus on activities that make money. So to reduce headaches as they scale, smart businesses use NetSuite by Oracle, the number one cloud financial system. NetSuite helps you improve efficiency by bringing all your major business processes into one platform. So join the more than 37,000 smart businesses like Ramsey Solutions that have done the math and graduated to NetSuite. And right now you can download NetSuite's KPI checklist absolutely free at netsuite.com slash Ramsey. That's netsuite.com slash Ramsey. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. If you are a new listener and you're hearing us, you know, say words like the baby steps or the debt snowball and this plan about getting in control of your money and you might be a little confused, I would encourage you to really get a deeper dive into The Ramsey Plan. So if you'll go to RamseySolutions.com and click on the Get Started button and we're going to help you figure out the next best step for your financial journey. So it's a it's a, it's a great tool there to kind of say, hey, if you're starting out, where are you? What do you need to do next? And that, again, is at RamseySolutions.com slash get started. Click that button, and we want to help walk with you through your financial journey. I am Rachel Cruz hosting the show today with Dr. John Deloney taking your calls about money, life, relationships, anything and everything. We're here for you. So next up, we have Adam in Phoenix. Hey, Adam, welcome to the show. Hello, how are you? We are doing great. How What's can we up? help? So, um, my wife and I, we have quite a bit of debt. Um, and so I was wondering how we should start working through that. We have about 150 in car loans and about 280 in student loans. 115 in car loans? Uh, 150. 150 in car loans. Okay. Yep, about 75 on each. Okay. And, uh, been about 280 in student loans. Okay. Um, so when I called in with the screener, I said we have quite a bit in home equity. So I was curious, um, is that something that would be on the table to sell our house and just basically wipe it all out in one fell swoop? Or should um, we work our way through that? Yeah, it's a good, that's a, a good question. Um, Adam, how much do you guys make a year? Uh, net combines about three thirty. Okay, and 
for the home, how much do you how much do you owe on it? How much is left on the mortgage? Um about three eighty five. Okay, and how much but, would it sell for? Um, probably near eight. Okay. And why do you have one hundred fifty thousand dollars in cars? I guess you make three thirty, uh, so I guess that works. What kind of cars do y'all drive? Uh, well, you guys, the BMW is one of them. Yeah. And uh, another one is a newer truck. Yeah, I mean, I would expect nice cars. Yeah, if you're making three thirty. Yeah. yeah. Well, for yeah, one hundred fifty thousand yeah. dollars. Hopefully, you're not saying a Honda Civic. Oh. Like I would, I would like assume a <laughs> no. B. I mean, I would assume like. Yeah, but it goes something. It makes that cool noise. <laughs> okay, right. so Adam, um, do you guys have any money in savings? Do you have any cash? Yeah, we do. How much you have? Um, all right, right now we have about ten. We're waiting on um, about thirty thousand to come in. And what do you? What is? Um, what do you mean? Just, waiting on? What does that mean? Uh, for for an invoice. That oh, okay, out. okay. Like so, that'll be thirty thousand dollars cash to you. Correct. Okay. Um, no, you don't need to sell. So no, you don't need to sell your house. Um, I can kind of just dive into it because you guys, how old are you guys, Adam? Um, I am 41 and my wife is 32. Okay. Do you guys have kids? Yes. One. One kid. Okay. Before Rachel says that, you're the richest broke guy I've talked to in a while. Does that, (laughs) does that ring true? (laughs) I guess. You make way too much money to be this broke. I I agree with you 100%. Yeah. Okay. And, so Adam, uh, Rachel, I'll give you the path. So I need like I need you to like realize cuz here's the deal. Yeah, you could sell your home, take $400,000, wipe this all clean, but Adam and his wife are going to keep on living their life the way they have. There's going to be no change in this process. And mathematically, you don't need to sell your house. You guys just need to get your crap together. I mean, and you'd you, also sell yeah. your house to pay off two depreci- depreciating assets. Yeah, that not, doesn't make any sense, yes. man. Yeah, no, no, no. So I would, I would stay put in the home. And you guys, Adam, I mean, like, I there's something about you all at this point that I'm like, I want you to feel a level of sacrifice. So with this debt, I mean, because you have 280 in student loans, you can't afford these cars, Adam. So. I'm selling them. I mean, I'm 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 going to get rid of them. Use some of this ten grand to buy, you know, or wait for the thirty grand to come in. Spend fifteen grand on two cars, and again, they're not going to be BMWs in a nice truck. Like you're going to have a lifestyle shock factor to you all. But I think you kind of need it, Adam. You guys make a lot of money. Mm-hmm. You have a lot of debts, and something has to change. Your formula is not working. Would you agree? I agree, hundred percent. Yeah. So I mean, if and I, I think that's kind of been the realization. Um, yeah, and y'all re- work as of recently, you know. Yeah, and I'm like, man, you know, you're 41, and I know we can't go back in time. There's a part of me wish that you were 25, so I'd be like, clean this up, and you're like, gonna go. So at 41, it's even that much more urgent to be like, Adam, you guys make insane money. Like, you could do really well, but if you keep living like this, you're not going to. Like, you work too hard, and you've worked too hard. To have nothing, to have two eighty in student loan debt and hundred and fifty thousand dollars in cars, like, like the, I, I wouldn't want to make three, you know, three thirty, and that be my life, right? So, like, there has to be something yeah. that majorly changes. So, if I woke up in your shoes, Adam, I would sit down and I would say, "All right, we're in Phoenix. We make three eighty. How do we live on seventy five grand next year? Like, let's just challenge." And that's still a really 
great salary. There's a lot of people that wish they made $75,000. Like, what if we just took majority of our income, sold the cars, paid off the debt? I mean, all this could be turned around in a year, Adam, and you still have your house with your equity. Yeah, I agree. And um, personally, I've been looking at ways to maybe even increase our income. You can't. I just think y'all freaking need to cut your lifestyle. You can't be just like hanging out, going on vacations all the time. It's just also just for a minute. For for a year. For a year. That's all you got to do. I wouldn't up your income. You guys have an amazing income. I I think think it's your lifestyle. If we look at this, Rachel. But that's uncomfortable. Was that 18 months, you go from making 330 and owing three to 400,000. To yeah, owing nobody anything, and, he's and got, having and he has thirty grand coming in too. Remember that half a million dollars in equity in, in your house. Like you, you flip things around so fast, so fast. You all could be in a completely you're a millionaire in forty eight months. Like the whole thing rolls over, but you just got to say you never gotta do again. it. You just got to do it. Gotcha. All right, um, I'm kind of quasi familiar with your guys' baby steps and whatnot. Um, okay, so so um, oh, this is gonna make you real uncomfortable, man. <laughs> It's gonna be so, well, what it is, Adam, I mean, like, honestly, I'm like, I would, and, and the baby steps is this, I'm like, I, I would, it's a thousand dollar emergency fund. So you, so you freed up in our math right now, you freed up nine grand from the 10 grand that you have. Let's say the, the 30 comes in, you got 39 grand to use. Okay. You sell your cars. I wonder how much, I wonder if you Kelly blue, blue booked them, what you would do. Cause you, you're going to lose money on them. You're going to owe some money probably on it. Um, get some beaters and then with your income again i'm like golly and yeah in 12 months adam you're paying off your debt smallest to largest but i would get rid of the cars and so the only debt you have left is that 280 in the student loans and you guys start just throwing everything at it everything and yeah and working extra i mean i kind of was like no you don't need your income up yeah sure work extra like do whatever you guys can to get out of the 280 as fast as possible but if i were y'all if i woke up in your shoes the first place i'm cutting is lifestyle which is the most painful and not and the most not fun right you've been y'all been going out to eat going on vacations with friends i mean i can only imagine your lifestyle and i bet it's great and so fun but nothing oh we have and i'm not going to deny that at all i mean yeah we, we worked so hard to get to that point in life yeah and then my my wife graduated and then we were like, well, we're here. Let's enjoy it. And totally. now we're like, and that's normal, Adam. Maybe like, that, yeah, that you're, not cr- you're not yeah, crazy. You're not crazy. Man. Yeah, that that is normal. That's, that's all of us. But also, your results are normal, and normal is broke, yeah. right? So you're waking up yeah. to the fact, like, oh my gosh, we're just like everybody else. Everything looks great, but we literally don't have a. I mean, we don't have much of a net worth, even though we make three hundred and thirty thousand dollars a year. You know, so it's that really. <laughs> Simple mindset, but Adam, um, yeah, stay on the line and I'm going to give you Total Money Makeover. It's one of our best-selling books when it comes to just the baby steps. You can read it in a night. It's a really easy read, but walk through this process with your wife because again, I'm so encouraged by your numbers. You guys could have an insane life that's all yours and not tied to the bank anymore, but you guys have to make that decision. Thanks for the call. Yeah. This is The Ramsey you, Show. Man. Well, all month long, you guys, we are giving cash away and you could win one of our $500 weekly prizes or the grand prize of $3,000. So to increase your chances, you can enter every single day. You can enter daily at RamseySolutions.com slash giveaway. And you can also get our best-selling books like The Total Money Makeover, From Paycheck to Purpose, and Own Your Past, Change Your Future for as low as $12. 
Also, you can pre-order John, who's sitting right next to me, his brand new book, Building a Non-Anxious Life. And you'll learn the six daily choices to break free from a life spinning out of control. Plus, if you pre-order today for just $20, you can get $75 in free bonus items. And questions for humans that John also did is there in the store for $12 as well. So we're giving away cash, lots of deals going on. If you go to RamseySolutions.com slash store. And John, your book, I'm really excited about building a non-anxious life because um, your last book you did on anxiety was a shorter version of it. We call it a quick read around here. So, um, but it sold insane. And so obviously we all know anxiety, depression, all of this is a topic in our world today. And it's becoming more and more of a conversation and so being able to write a book and have things in words inside of it to give people hope and also instruction and this idea of, hey, this is maybe what's going on. And so here's what to do, acknowledge it and all that. So yeah, I'm kind of kind of reached a point just in my personal life. Everybody's talking about it. Yeah. And it's almost like the David and Goliath story. Like everybody's just talking about look over there, look over there, look over there. And finally a kid comes out and he's like, I'll I'll fight him. And it, it, it kind of feels that mm. way. Like everybody's talking about it. All these experts have been telling me, I've been a part of that crew. Like, well, you should all do this as I push my glasses up my nose, right? Right. And we have to look around and say, okay, what we're, what we're doing is not working. Yeah. And that really sent me on a rabbit, rabbit down a rabbit hole. Like, what is, what are we doing? And so this, this book is as, as, as direct as possible. And it's you and me sitting down with a, a drink and some nachos to say, and here, here's here's just the truth of where we found ourselves. And here's yeah. here's the most important thing. Here's what you can do. Yes. Oh, and, it uh, gives like that power back. Yeah, that's so good. So again, building a non-anxious life. And it's pre-sale, you guys. So go ahead and order because you'll get some free stuff. And just kind of that peek into that publishing author world. If you know, pre-sales help so much because on the day the book launches, which is what, October 3rd, 3rd all those sales hit that day, which means possibly hitting bestseller lists, getting other people, whether it's media or just people chatting about the book. So it gets the book in front of more people. And that's the goal. So it's like, hey, we want you to know this message, hear this message, read this message that John has. Because if you, even if you listen to a show, you know he's one of the best at being able to, to empathize, take people's real life situations and walk them through it. So building a non-anxious life. If you go to RamseySolutions.com, you can pre-order today. All right, up next, we have Elizabeth in Savannah, Georgia. Hey, Elizabeth, welcome to the show. Hello, I'm so excited to, to be talking to you guys. Oh, we're glad you called. How can we help? So I think um, we are in baby steps uh, five and six, my husband and I, um, and we're hoping to get some clarity on if we should invest a uh, sum of money into our home or into our children's uh, college savings. And I can provide some more details to okay. give you why it's a question. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Well, go so, ahead. Go ahead and yeah, throw some numbers out. So um, my husband is in the Army, so it's easiest to give you a monthly uh, salary amount. Our, our take-home pay after our 15% in retirement and taxes and everything is about 13200 between our two incomes. And um, we uh, own a house in Florida and a house in Savannah. Um, and we are currently renting out the house in Florida. And so I included that income um, in that number I just gave you. 
And I also um, acquired quite a bit of a single stock um, throughout my entire life. It was a gift for my grandfather every birthday, every Christmas. And after listening to you guys, decided to sell it uh, because it's not the best place to keep money just in case, you know, something happens to that stock. Yeah. So we have about, after taxes, um, $30,000 to contribute to either our children's education or the ha- one of the houses is what we were planning on. Um, and my question is, which should we do? Um, for my current daughter, who's already born and on this world, we um, have the Florida College Savings Program set up for her. And um, I am expecting baby number two next week. Six oh, days my gosh. Now. Congratulations, Elizabeth. <laughs> Thank you. So, so fun. we were wondering if um, we should do another Florida College Savings plan. We would be able to just pay it in full um, for her. We wouldn't have to do any payment plan or anything because of this $3,000. Um, but since we also have the GI Bill accessible through my husband, we were wondering if yeah. that would be a redundant use of the funds. Um And then because we have the GI Bill, if it would just make more sense to put into the home. Sure. Okay. So the Florida, um, the Florida plan, is that basically prepaid tuition for the state of Florida? Yes. So you're, um, you're guaranteed four years um, at a university. um, But if they don't go to Florida school, you get a payout value of um, 63.5. Okay. And you guys, have you you done that with your first... Your yes. first child. So that's done. So their mm-hmm. college is done. As, and especially if they go to a Florida school, they're covered. Correct. Okay. And so then you have another child on the way. How much do you owe on the house? Um, the Florida house, we owe um, 153000 Okay. Um, and it is worth um, about three twenty, according to Zillow. Okay. And our Savannah house, we owe... Uh, 220 and it's worth 330 according to Zillow. Okay. Um, in this Florida house, I'm assuming mm-hmm. you need residents there for the yes. education that you set up. Does that, does yes. that handcuff you guys to this house? Is this one of the main reasons you're keeping it or do you use the house? What's this Florida house for you guys? Why'd you buy it? Um, honestly, we, well, so we were stationed there. We okay. bought it when my husband was stationed there. I gotcha. And, um, it's been very lucrative for us as a rental property. It also does provide our residency. Um, we are considered Florida residents. So even though we live in Georgia, we don't pay state taxes in Georgia because of military benefits. So it is something we want to hold on to because of those, those benefits. We also do envision ourselves moving back to Florida after military is through. Okay. And moving back to that home specifically? Uh, maybe, maybe not. Okay. To be determined. Yeah. Um, I know you all do not promote um, rental properties that have debt on them. Yes. Um, which I learned since since we've made the purchase. No, it's good. But, um, it's also in other states too. Just and it's just about. I just imagine you, your husband's out on exercises for nine weeks, and you've got two toddlers, and then some. Your neighbor in Florida calls you and says that your renters trashed the place, or one of their cousins came over and just went bananas and so we do yes and i totally agree with you and hear you um we do have a property manager that we've been really fond of we met them through church um and they've been taking good care of the property um and even after paying them we're still um about 700 dollars a month above our mortgage payment in take-home pay so right now it hasn't felt like a burden 
in any way. Um, but I do, I definitely hear you all. Um, yeah. And it's something I've, I've discovered you all since my husband, he, he's deployed right now. Okay. So, would, you, um, would you ever consider selling your house in Georgia and renting there until you, until the, the service was up? Um, maybe. We're probably due to move within the next year. So that's, it, it probably wouldn't make sense for us to rent um, for that short of time. But when we move, it's definitely not off the table. Okay. So what I, the way I answer these calls, Elizabeth, always is if I were, if I were to wake up in your shoes, having a baby in six days uh, (laughs) and all that, um, your kids are young enough right now that I wouldn't be like as concerned about the college thing. I mean, personally, which I know throws off the tuition and I know you guys want to keep the Florida residents and all of it. But if I'm a mom, I have a toddler, new baby, there's a part of me that just wants to get out of the Florida house you're going to make enough and that 30 grand from your stock that within like, golly, two years, you guys could be completely debt free, paying off your Georgia home. And then from there, decide, hey, do we want rent- rental property somewhere? What do we want to do? Because you have time with the kids college to be able to fund that because I think that is an important step. But right now, gosh, I would I would liquidate that or I would sell that house. So I hope that helps, Elizabeth. Thanks for the call. Hey guys, it's George. And Rachel. Now, we've been around the block a time or two when it comes to this money stuff. And one thing we've both learned is how important it is to have a budget. 100%, George. Now tell me, what's the bougiest thing you have in your every dollar budget? Oh gosh, a thousand percent, it's our French Bulldogs. (laughs) They have their own budget line for their fancy, specialized veterinary brand kibble. Oh my gosh, yep. That's definitely bougie, but hey, that's the great thing about budgeting. It's how you prioritize the important things, because if George didn't budget, let's be honest, he'll probably end up wasting that kibble money on hair care products for himself. All right, shots fired. Well, how often would you spend your grocery money on those creepy thriller novels you love? (laughs) I know. Okay, fair. You got me. Well, guys, you can experience the same focus and freedom that comes with having a budget. Download our app every dollar and start budgeting today for free. It's the easiest way to create a plan for your spending. Click the link in the show notes and start budgeting today. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz hosting this hour with Dr. John Deloney, and it's a free call at 888-825-5225. And up next, we have Mark in Charlotte, North Carolina. Hey, Mark, welcome to the show. Good afternoon, Rachel. Thank you so much for taking my call. Absolutely. How can we help? Well, I'm recently divorced. Um, I just finished uh, financial mediation on yesterday uh, where we agreed that I would give my ex uh, 50K from the equity of the home. Um, She is not on the mortgage. I'm on the mortgage alone, and I have a really good interest rate, 2.62%. And at the moment, I'm not going to refinance or... Uh, sell the home. So I'm interested in what is the best way to give my ex the $50,000 in equity that uh, she rates? Um, yeah, I mean, there's some options. Are you, where are you at with your finances? Do you have debt? Do you have savings? Well, I'm currently, I was currently on baby step three, uh, but I feel like I'm going to be going back to baby step one because I I feel like I'm going to have to take out a personal loan to give it to her because I'm not willing to refinance at the moment. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm not considering it. Okay. And what's causing you not to reconsider it? Would you rather uh, take out a personal frame? loan? 
the time frame. Um, I, I have to give her the 50K by September 1st. Um, and the like in time two frame weeks? Take two. Yes. Hmm. Yeah, I, I mean, I've... It, <laughs> And I'm 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 answering your question. I'm talking to Rachel. Um, I've heard Dave tell people to go grab, go take out a loan, and go pay, make this thing be over. The business arrangement that was your former marriage, and put that 50k right. in baby step two. So you would be going backwards. How much do you have saved in your baby step three right now? About four thousand. Okay. How much do you make I a year? Oh, uh, after taxes, it's ninety six. Okay. Um, about 129 before taxes. Okay. Um, yeah, I mean, at this at this rate, and especially with the time frame, I mean, that's, yeah, extreme, extremely quick. Um, I feel like, yeah, I mean, there's not, you don't really have many options with that. I was thinking of, yeah, do you look for a home? I mean, you know, do you need the house? I'm just trying to find ways, other pieces to this puzzle. But honestly, the urgency of the time frame, I mean, that's in... 10 days. So yeah, I mean, I, I think that taking out a personal loan is going to have to be your only option right now. And then you are going to go back to baby step two and I would just pay it off obviously as, as, as fast as, as you can. You may have to even roll in. I don't even know if you can find a $50,000 unsecured loan unless you go get a HELOC. Do you have any right, equity? I've, I've called. I'm sorry, go ahead. They, they said you, you, you do qualify for it? Yes, I've called around to um, all the financial institutions and um, credit unions that I partner with and I've got some good quotes um, on top of the 50,000 I was actually considering taking out 70,000 actually uh, 50,000 to pay my ex 10,000 to pay my attorneys and then any like maintenance or uh, upgrades I need to make to the house once I get back because it's been years since I've even been back to the house well, and and listen dude th this is why we tell people never borrow money because it, it opens a floodgate that it's so hard to not and so, like it, I think I've been on. I, I don't know how many episodes I've done here, but I think I've talked to six thousand callers. I can't. I. 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 I don't think I've ever told somebody to go borrow money except for I'm telling you right now because you have a court order in your hand. You have to have this money by this date, period, or you are in violation right. of a court order, right? And so, right. Um, and because Dave and I have talked about it, but I. Please don't borrow no. another penny for anything else. The attorneys can wait. You'll they'll put them on a payment plan. They'll get you'll get them paid off when it's time. Um, these you can't afford, bro. You cannot afford to fix this house up right now because you're broke because you owe your wife, your ex wife, fifty thousand dollars. Just it's just not the right. minute, man. I know you want to wipe the slate clean. You've probably been dealing with this divorce for a long time, hurting relationships for a long time. You want to just wipe this slate clean. You can't do that right now. And what's you can't hard is it. there's like something mentally about well, it's fifty thousand. What's another twenty? Right? I mean, like there's like this like mental snowball effect that happens, Mark, when you go down this train or down this track. And that's what John's saying is there has to be a blocker to at some point saying I'm doing this because there's like literally a court order out. Uh, what for the house, Mark? What makes you so attached to this house? I'm just curious how much it's how much you owe on it and what could you sell it for. Uh, I currently owe like two two hundred forty two thousand on the house. Okay. Um, I bought it for I bought it for two sixty. Um, it's currently it, it appraised for three ninety. Okay. Um, but there are comps in the area that went for like four twenty four. Okay. Yeah, I mean, the house the house isn't really a major issue at this point, just because you have your income's great. I mean, you bring home ninety six thousand. 
So if you honestly buckle down, you could pay this off in 12 to 18 months and be done with it and then start saying, okay, what's with the lawyers, putting them on a payment plan throughout this um, and get all this kind of cleaned up. And then the the house repairs and stuff, I would just, I would put on hold for 12 months. Because, and John speaks to this a lot, but when there's a lot of life change like this, I mean, you literally just came out of that mediation yesterday of figuring out the finances. So this is all still, even though it's probably been a process, I mean, this stuff is still very new, Mark. It, and, it, and these emotional times, it can cause it can cause us to not make great financial decisions. And that's what I don't want you to do, Mark. I want you to be as minimal as possible when you're making these decisions. Most people experience when they get through the divorce and that final, that everybody shakes hands as you're getting out of the ring. And what you don't realize is that you get out of the boxing ring after a long fight and then Mike Tyson's waiting for you in the parking lot. Because you're going to be in month 10 paying this $50,000 off and you're going to be so enraged that you are still dealing with this divorce. And the quicker you make peace with that and know that this is all paying into this new life that you're building because that season's over, dude, otherwise you're going to lose sleep. You're just going to be angry all the time. And man, I would... If if I'm you, honestly, I would re, I would consider because I've got so many memories in that house. Selling the house, I'd consider I taking out a HELOC as quickly as possible, or a personal loan, and I would put the house on the market tomorrow, and just sell the house, take all a couple hundred thousand dollars in equity, and kind of control alt delete because you're you're going to be building a new life now, and I would take that into consideration. But I'm also kind of a clean the slate kind of guy, and not everybody's like that, so. Um, I'm just telling you what I would do in my situation. You don't have to do that, but yeah, please. In fact, if you want to just letter of the law, I would take out a personal loan for 48,000 and you've got four in the bank, um, or 47,000 and you got four in the bank and I would use three you already have just for principal sake. Yes. Yes. Just so it's like this personal conviction point of saying, I'm following through with this to the, to the nth degree that I can, that I have the ability to. I refuse to chain myself to a financial institution because of her. That's what I would tell myself over and over. I refuse to lock myself in a cage. In a bigger loan than I need. In a bigger loan yeah. than I need because of her. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Or because of the lawyers. I'm not doing it. Yeah. yeah. I refuse to lock myself in a cage for that. Yeah. Or and for new cabinets, for God's sake. Right, right. And that's that's where this stuff can spiral out of control really fast, Mark. And again, it's, it is that emotional side of money that... It would feel good to like have some newness in this place that has so many memories and to redo the thing that you've always wanted. You guys fought like, like I get it. I get that feeling of like wanting to do something and make progress on something, even if it's cabinets, but it's like, oh, I just want to get, I just want to, you know, finish this and do this and redo that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think John brings up an interesting point, Mark. I think, yeah, like you said, John, everyone's not like you of the complete slate, the clean slate. But I mean, I would consider if you're, I don't know what your family situation is. We're about to head into a break, but um, but there is something about buying something new and not even having to downsize like just renting significantly, for a season, just chilling yeah, for a season, yeah, and just being and then kind of letting life cool off, get the money in order, getting the money under control, not owing all of this, taking some of that equity, paying some of this, and you're really just starting from ground zero at that point and building on top of that instead of just kind of like being in this hole. But that's just, that's a point. I mean, I think you're okay to keep the home if you want to, but um, but I think it's something just, just to consider as another, as another option, Mark. Sorry what you're going through and I appreciate you calling us and hopefully, hopefully that helped. Oh, uh, well, that's been an hour in the books. Thanks to everyone in the booth for helping us out this hour. Thank you, John. 
for co-hosting. And thank you, America, for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. headquarters of Ramsey Solutions broadcasting from the pods moving and storage studio it's the Ramsey show where we help people build wealth do work that they love and create actual amazing relationships I am Ramsey personality Rachel Cruz co-hosting today with my friend and Ramsey personality Dr. John Deloney and we are answering your calls and it's a free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. All right, first up this hour, we have Chuck in Madison, Wisconsin. Hey, Chuck, welcome to the show. No, you're supposed to say, what's hey. up, Chuck? That's my good throw-up <laughs> throw joke for the day. What's up, man? Sorry, Dude. Chuck. Hey, that's all right. Hey, thanks for getting me on. My wife and I are big-time listeners to the show, um, but we're going through a little bit of a uh, – we're not on the same page about something we wanted to get your take on. Perfect. We're the perfect people to ask. <laughs> we, uh, Rachel yeah. and I agree on everything, Chuck, so we got you. <laughs> cool. Okay, so um, anyway, my wife Jamie and I started the um, – we did, went through Financial Peace University, started at the end of last November, and we've been working the steps. We finished uh, step two the middle of last month. Congratulations, debt-free. Yeah. Yeah, we paid off about $40,000 uh, both you our guys. cars. Awesome. Yeah. And so we're working step 3, we're building our emergency fund. Um, you know, we got you know, we're we're getting there. But anyway, the dilemma is my wife and I have different views on on what to do next. After we build the emergency fund, she would like to um start looking for houses, sell our house. Um, and downsize, you know, buy something that we can afford, obviously, and have a lesser mortgage, but have a mortgage. And my thought is, I really, I really dig the idea of being like just hammering away at the house we live in and, and having it paid off. I'm not sure how long that would take, maybe two, three years. Um, and then having all that money afterwards to go buy whatever else we want, you know? And I don't know, I'm not, my wife's super smart. She's super efficient. You know, I love her. Um, and I'm not trying to win because I know at the end of the day, I probably wouldn't win. I think I won, but I didn't win. <laughs> so okay. I just want to hear from you guys what you think. Yeah. What, okay. Tell me your current house. Um, how much you guys owe on it? Uh, we owe 148,000 on the house. 148. How much is it worth? It's worth about three fifty, three sixty. Okay, could be worth more. I'm not sure. Yeah, and how much uh, do you guys make a year? One hundred thirty-two thousand. One thirty-two. Okay, and her big reason to sell the house is what's her number one reason? She just wants to get out of debt that much faster. She doesn't like the house. Why does she want to move? No, she loves the house. It it's bigger than she would like. Uh, she would like less cleaning. I mean, we both clean, but she does, you know, more um, just because I'm out, out in the field a lot working. Yeah. And not in the f field, but, you know, out, out and about. And, um, and yeah, she, she said we'd have, less, we'd have less to pay off if we, you know, because we'd make some money off the house and we'd have, less, we'd have less of a mortgage. We'd have a mortgage, but less of a mortgage. But she's, um, she's right on that. So, like, 
Your idea yeah. of I want to pay off, be debt free, and not owe anybody anything is noble. That's right. awesome. And she's trying to tell you, hey, wait, I could expedite that. And so it doesn't sound like the money's the issue. It sounds like you love your house. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's a great house. I mean, and the truth is, I we moved from this house. We lived in a house. I, I had two daughters I raised on my own for a long time, and we had about 900 square feet. <clears throat> and we moved to a house that's really nice and big. So it is, uh, excuse me, it's a little emotional for me. Yeah. Mm. Is this, this house is the signal to the world that you made it. You, you bounce back. Is that right? Right, 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 right. Mm. And you have your wife who you love telling you, hey, honey. I love you. Okay. We made it. Yeah. Let's we go did be it free. together. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. I mean, that's it. And and I know we'd land on our feet wherever we were. Wherever we end up, I know we'd be okay um together. Um but it's hard for me. Okay. And so that's really the big question is what why this house plays such a role for you. I mean, it does for for many reasons. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Right. So how much of like Chuck's identity would just die a little bit if you guys moved to a smaller home. Like, what does that just do to you? Mm, good question. Uh, yeah, I mean, I I just think it. Uh, I think it would just be a little ego deflating. Yeah. So let sure. me l- let me tell you something. I called a sign. Like, we're okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We're actually going to be debt free completely. <laughs> we me, have a lot of Let me of tell money. you something that happened to me. This is embarrassing, and it's the first time I've ever told this publicly. Okay. Yeah. So. I have been chasing for my whole life. My sister was one of the most brilliant people you can possibly imagine. My little brother missed like two questions on the ACT or something. And then I was the dumb football jock. Okay. I was the dumb kid in the middle. And I have been chasing with all of my heart. I want to show you that I'm smart. I'm smart too. I'm smart too. And I kept going mm-hmm. to school. I kept taking out loans. I kept getting all these certificates and achievements. Spent time at Harvard. Mm-hmm. I went everywhere trying to get all these external indicators that I was smart. Yeah. And then I took a job at Ramsey. And mm-hmm. I'll never forget my onboarding day with the head of HR. His name is Armando. He's awesome. And I said, hey, mm-hmm. where do I send all my transcripts and my degrees? And he yeah. looked at me and said, I'm not here. I don't need them. And I said, no, 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 but like, what do you, like, where do I send my, my certificates? Cause they're in yeah. really fancy frames. And he, he was like, Hey, <laughs> we've already hired you, man. Like, uh, we hire people who can do the job well. And yeah. Hey, listen, I was, I, I didn't know what to do. I, I was stunned at how much my identity was wrapped up in being able to prove to people that I had yeah. this class one time. Right. And I want to tell you this. It took some time unwinding it. I can't tell you how free I am of all of it. My wife loves mm-hmm. me and my kids are healthy and they love me. And that's about what I need. Wow. And I want to tell you, if you will do that work of walking mm-hmm. through that house room by room and praying over it and saying, this is where this memory was and we made it and then go to the next room. If you can untether yourself from that, however mm-hmm. many years you have left on this earth, you will run free, freer than you can possibly imagine. Because now wow. I don't care. Now I don't care, man. I just don't care. Yeah. You, you, does that yeah. make sense? Yeah, amen, brother. Yeah. Sure. I- and Chuck, I don't want to throw this like wrench into the beautiful thing that John just said. But let me just, I just want to say as we get off the phone here, 
that like you guys aren't in a dire situation. Yeah, you don't have to sell, you don't have to sell it, right? So if no, you guys no, keep it, no. you can yeah, you can pay it off. Your wife's like, hey, we, I don't really want this big of a house, all of this. So it's more of your reasons of why. And if your reason of why is staying because it's just unhealthy and Chuck wants to feel like, oh my gosh, I've made it. That's not a reason to stay. And if she's exhausted from cleaning it, it's too big. She's like, well, we can downsize and be so happy. It'd be a challenge for you, but I think it's more of an emotional play than a money play. Either way, you guys are fine. You're great. You're, you're great. fine. Stay in the house. Financially, you're fine. Move. Financially, you're fine. You're fine. But it's more of a question of why. Why are we staying? And the why is not sounding like the hell Unhook yourself from those yeah. like extrinsic markers, man. It's they good. don't matter. Thanks for calling, Chuck. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz hosting this hour with Dr. John Deloney and taking your calls. Uh, If you'll do us a favor, you guys, and share the show, that would really be very helpful because so many of you are new on YouTube or podcast and getting to spread the word of the show is so helpful, not only to get the show in front of more people, but ultimately what that leads to hopefully is you know, the idea that people are now gaining control of their life, whether it's their money, their relationships or job, we just want to spread hope. And the more people that listen, hopefully the more hope that is spread. And the best way you can do that is by subscribing, leaving a review, and again, forwarding maybe some of these episodes on to your friends and family would help us so much. All right, up next, we have Jordan in Greenville. Hey, Jordan, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? We're doing well. Thanks for calling. How can we help? All right. So I'm married. Um, I'm 23. My wife is 21. And we have a six-month-old son. Oh, congratulations. My wife is a stay-at-home mom. Oh, thank you. My wife is a stay-at-home mom, and so I work full-time and take care of both of them. I make six between fifty-five and 65000 a year because I'm a mechanic, so it's flat rate pay. And we have two car loans. So I have an $11,000 car loan and a $9,000 car loan. And we're in baby step one right now, but I'm getting a big paycheck at the end of the month. So we should have that done by then. Great. And then I want to see basically what's the best way to pay off this debt. And should I sell the cars and get one car that we can pay cash for? Um, Because we only really need one car since my mom, my wife is a stay-at-home mom. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Well, Jordan, you know, one of our, big goals is to get you out of debt as fast as possible because your income is going to be your largest wealth building tool. Your income is going to be the thing that's going to help make you more money down the line to be able to, you know, do anything with your life that you want, hopefully, and be generous and all of that. So freeing up these car payments is going to be one of the the, the next step that we're really going to focus on, like you mentioned, for baby step two. So, um, I mean, they're not, the the numbers are not completely out of whack, but I will tell you, um, you know, talking to Jade Warshaw, one of our other Ramsey personalities, her and her husband Sam went down to one car for a season and they were like, we just want to get out of debt as fast as possible. And for some people that's, hey, I'm going to take on an extra job. Um, I don't know how much you can cut lifestyle wise, Jordan, you may not have a ton. Um, you guys may be just living right, you know, where you are, but if there's anything to cut and get extra money to throw at this debt, uh, but I think upping your income would be the probably the best step, and that may be working nights, that may be working weekends, or, or, yeah, do you sell? Do you sell these cars? Get one car for a while that's not awesome, but it runs, and then you guys save on the side up for a car because you don't have these car payments. Like, how many? What's the car payment on the eleven thousand dollar car? 
a month? Um, we pay $311 a month okay. and then 236 for okay. the smaller loan. Yeah. So, I mean, like, uh, yeah, I mean, I mean, you're, yeah, you're looking at, golly, 550 freed up a month in car loans of what you could save to continue to replace it, right? Because I think about cars because, mm-hmm. you know, you can, you can sell a car, you can put some savings on top, step up in car, save on the side, keep stepping up. You can work your way back up to cars. So I'm wondering, have you Kelly Blue Booked these by chance? I'm just curious what they're worth. So the $11,000 car is an older Toyota 2009, and it's worth, each of the cars are worth about $1,000 less than what we owe, is what I figured. Okay. Um, so either way, we'd be not incredibly upside down, but sort of. Yeah. Um, so as a flat rate mechanic, are you allowed to go work at another shop on Saturdays and Sundays? Are you allowed to do work at your house? So right now I work six days a week. So I work about 60 hours a week by choice. Um, most of us work about 50, but I've been working Monday through Saturday and I'm looking into maybe picking up a, an extra shift for like a retail store or um, We're just putting some headphones in and driving Uber. Here's what everybody I know that has yeah. done this successfully has sat down with their spouse and had a season of sacrifice. And what that would mean for you is you're going to miss some big moments. And there are they're little moments, but you're going to miss some playing in the backyard time. And you had this picture, I'm going to be this kind of dad. And what I would tell you is the greatest gift you can give your kid is your presence and... There's a caveat to that. It's a non-anxious presence. If you are home and stressed about money and you and your wife are anxious and you're sitting apart from each other on the couch, that's not the kind of presence that's great for your kid. And so yeah. it's better to sacrifice. If you and your wife sat down and y'all mapped it out and you said, hey, if I take a retail job, I deliver pizzas, I drive for Uber, whatever, on the way to work, on the way home from work, I pick up another shift, um, I work overtime, whatever it is, and I do that for nine months, and we're done. We owe nobody anything, and we've got part of our emergency fund completely packed up. I'm telling you right now, being a dad on the other side of that, that nine-month commitment would be worth it. And you'd hate every second of it, and mm-hmm. it would stamp into your soul, I will never borrow money again. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, Does that make sense? Yeah, that makes sense. And that, that's my big thing is like, I just, I hate the burden of knowing that we can only save not a ton. I mean, occasionally I get a good bonus that lets me save a little bit. Yeah. Um, we've only just recently gotten to this point where we're really serious about budgeting and we have the every dollar app. And good. So especially being on only my income, the idea that I can get us debt free so that we have more margin to where we can have some peace in our house yeah. would be amazing. Yeah, so Jordan, I mean, looking at your numbers, I'm like, okay, you're going to be two grand upside down, right? A grand a piece per car. So if you guys took yeah. out, you know, um, an $8,000 loan, two grand for the difference, that gives you six grand to go buy a car and be a one car family for a season. Uh, I mean, that's 8,000 versus 20,000, right? So that gets you yeah. out of yeah. debt faster. I'd rather be working towards eight grand than 20 grand and keep these cars. The cars are not crazy though. It's not one of these that like, oh gosh, you absolutely have to sell them. Uh, your numbers are not that extreme. But again, we find the people that go the most extreme, which that would be it, selling both cars, getting a beat, one beater, going down to a one-car family, gets you out of that debt and up on level grounds faster. 
And then you guys be, you know, you're saving up for probably half of an emergency fund, half of another car. If you got, if, you know, if your wife's like, all right, it's been four months, I need a car. You're saving up for, yeah, you're saving up for a second car and your emergency fund. And you just kind of keep trucking along that way. Right. I mean, that's, that's it. So it's basically how fast you guys want to get out. And the fastest way would be to sell the cars and take out a small loan to get a, to get a beater. And that, and that's what you're working or. You choose to buckle down and say, hey, we're going to pay these off. It's going to be 20 grand of car debt. How long is that going to take us? So I would map it out. I would sit down, Jordan, with your wife and you guys map out. Did you say she's, ex- you guys have a six month old, right? Yeah, he's six okay. months old. Yeah, so I would map out exactly a very detailed timeline, honestly. It helps me when I see information in front of me and I would say, okay, let's say we went with plan A and we sold the cars all of that, we'll have eight grand we have to save up, we have, we have to get out of debt for. How many hours am I gonna have to work? How many days is that? How many Saturdays? Like map it out, Jordan, all the way. And then say, all right, and then if we wanna buy a $5,000 car for you, how long is that gonna take to save up? All that, like map out that situation A and then map out situation B. We keep both cars, but we're gonna work hard and pay them off and pay off this 20 grand. How long, how often do I have to work? How many hours? How yeah. many days? And you guys pick your scenario, right? You're not, I don't think either one's right or wrong, but you the just The only say, thing you have to do in that conversation is be honest. Yes. I can't, I can't breathe with owing this money. Yep. Is yep. I don't feel safe being yes. at this house at a single income house and owing $27,000 on these cars. I, th- it, you've got to be honest and that's hard for folks to do sometime at that meeting. Yeah, when, that's right. When your wife says, well, I don't want you gone that much. Okay, you've said what you want, and I hear that, and I need I need to be honest with you. I can't sleep. At I night. can't sleep. Yeah, and I'm yep. pacing the house while you're asleep, and you don't even know it because I can't believe I've put us in this position, right? So yes. everybody's got to be honest. And for everybody listening, when Rachel said "good under one car," and you thought, "Oh, but that would screw up nap time for the- yes, we know, we know it'll mess up everything, and it will free you forever." Yes. That's right. Absolutely. This is The Ramsey Show. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz hosting this hour, Dr. John Deloney, and we are taking your calls. Up next, we have Jody in Milwaukee. Hey, Jody, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? Hi, we're doing great. Thanks for giving us a call. How can we help? Hi. So um, I currently own a condo with my mother. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> oh, no. I don't even know what you're about yeah. to say, Jody's but like, oh, no. Yes. So uh, <laughs> I want to get it in my name within the next year. Um, and my grandfather is um, wants to give me 15000 But my mom said I have to spend 100% of the 15000 renovating the condo which I don't think it should be spent that much because uh, I purchased a condo. We purchased condo under market value, but only $8,000 under market value. So I feel like to spend $15,000 in renovations, I don't even know if it would resell for that much. Yeah. How much did you spend on the condo? Um, so it's a one-bedroom condo. We spent 66000 and they're selling for like seventy two. Okay. And you're with yeah. your and you that you took out a mortgage. Is it just your name on the mortgage? No, it's both of our names. Both names. Whose names are on the deed? Uh, my mother's. Your mom's. Okay. Yeah. So I'm telling you this, Jody. Rachel, you tell me if I'm wrong, but 
I'm telling you this, Jody, for the sake of your soul, and if you happen to have kids, their soul, and your relationship with your mom long-term, I would do what I could to sell my part of that or to get out of the deal or to walk away because it's going to collapse your it's going to collapse your relationship with your mom and a one bedroom condo for $72,000 is is not worth that. There is no condo worth your relationship with your mom. Yes. But this is just going to be the beginning of it. Yes. Do you feel that Jody or do you feel or would you say no, John, everything's great. Like we have a great relationship, it's fine. Yeah, um it's been a little difficult. Okay. Um if you tell me where to spend my money or what needs to be renovated, and I pay a hundred percent of the mortgage. Yeah, oh. uh, she helped me get the con. Yeah. No, 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 no. Then we're selling a hundred percent of that of the condo if you're paying for it. What is she contributing to it? Um. Well, basically, I didn't have much of a credit score, so she uh, kind of put in her name for me and said I have like a a year and a half to get in my name, but I pay a hundred percent of the mortgage and the HOA fees. But she lives there. Yeah, I live here. She doesn't live here. Oh, she's not living with you? No. Oh, okay. So you live in the condo? Yes. Okay, so you need to refinance and get her name off the mortgage, correct? Yes. Okay. But the issue is I want to refinance and use the money my grandfather wants to give me, but she... Uh, yes. She doesn't, get a she doesn't get a vote. She doesn't get a vote. Yeah, that's the complication. She just became his uh, POA like just a couple weeks ago. Then listen, if your mom is going to steal the money that your granddad earmarked for you, yeah, then walk away from that relationship. She is opting out of relationship with her daughter if she steals the money that was earmarked for, for you. She doesn't get a vote in that money. Her, your granddad did not leave you money, her, you money for her to tell you what said, to do with it. But run all your purchase decisions by your mom. He said, I love my granddaughter. I trust her. She's been really special, and I'm going to bless her with $15,000. And you want to spend $15,000 to take your mortgage Which is down, smart. Which Jody, is Jody, so smart. Thank you. So, no. I, I, if your mom steals your money, I would walk away from my mom. Okay. And, I, and listen, I am not saying that lightly. I understand how devastating that is to say out loud and to hear. Why does she care yeah. so much, Jody? Why? I mean, I don't understand. It's not like you're saying I'm going to go to Europe for fifteen thousand dollars and have the time of my I, life. What's her What's her reasoning? Do you know? I have no idea. She comes to my house and tells me what what needs to be replaced. And mm. she first says she's going to refinance in both of our names. So I don't know if she's going to try to do a cash out refinance. I don't know her plans, but she just kept saying, "Well, let's just uh, refinance in both of our names for now until you can get in your no, name." Like, no, 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 no. Do that. No. No. Yeah, I think, Jody. I think there's going to be have to a really blunt, kind, hard conversation with her. And you're going to, and John's the perfect one to be sitting next to me <laughs> to tell you how to walk through that conversation. But you need to have some very clear boundaries with your mom. And I think you can be very kind about it, Jody. But I think you need to say, Mom, how old are you, Jody? I'm 27. Okay, Jody, mom, you're 27. Mom, I'm 27 years old. I, is this is this too passive aggressive, John? But I would be like, your, I, I'm your total vocal tone, tone is yes. It's that too I'm like, aggressive. I, we're not passive aggressive. Is this too kind? Because if I'm Jody and my mom is doing this, because her mom, I would think your mom's not a malicious person. She probably is thinking I'm helping her. She's played this role in your life for 27 years, and yeah. I think the conversation is, Mom, I I appreciate you wanting to help me, and I appreciate your input and what you say. And you know what, Mom, you're probably right. You're saying I need to replace my microwave. I pr I probably do. Thank you. But mom, I'm 27 years old. 
and I'm going to start to stand on my own two feet, which means I don't want input for you right now. There may be a time and a place in life that I open that door back up because I do appreciate you and who you are. But right now, I'm making my own decisions about everything. And so when you come over, I'm not going to allow you in my apart in my condo to tell me what to do. This is my condo and I want you to respect that. And when I go to your house, mom, I don't want to tell you what to do. I don't want that relationship. So that's the boundary I have to set, mom. And another part of that boundary is this money that granddad has left me. And I'm going to use the money that he left me to refinance into this name so that you're off the mortgage and we can have a more clean relationship because I'm scared that this is going to be a fallout, mom. I want to do this to protect our relationship, right? Yeah. Is that too kind or is that? No, I- Because I, I, I want to respect your yeah, mom uh, absolutely. in it. I, I think the key here is everything is about you, not not her. I want you to be my mom, not my business partner. And I'm struggling with how you're my business partner because we both signed this deal and you want your business to look like this and I want it to look like this and I am feeling uh, my relationship with my mom is getting in trouble and it's not worth any of this. And so I'm going to take that money and I want to move this house into my name and your mom, that's her job is to come over and say, well, you should fix the curtain. Oh, that's fine. But I'm not doing any of that stuff if I can't afford it and if I don't want to because it's my house. And so I would... I when you start lobbing grenades because you're doing this and you keep mm -hmm. telling me this, then she is has to go on the defensive, right? She's got to defend herself and then this thing gets into a mess. And so I would just sit down with her and say, I, 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 I need my mom back and I don't want to be yeah. business partners with you. So yeah, no, you're right, Rachel. You're right. Oh, like, your, thanks, John. Your approach is the right way. Um, but honestly, you said she's not malicious. This is bordering on malicious. Is this it? is bordering on a mom who can't let go. I, am I right? Yes, I'm her only child, so she has. Oh yeah. Like so yeah. Um, there may be some magic in you taking her out for coffee or for breakfast and putting your arms across the table and holding your hands and saying, "You did a good job. Mm. You did a good job, and you raised me, a strong, powerful young woman." But I need to start making some of these decisions on my own and learn how to do this. Or I, I, I can't keep going to the gym and you keep lifting the weights for me. I've got to start lifting weights on my own. And sometimes letting a parent know, because they, there's a lot of anxious energy. They're yeah. trying to help and help and help Improve and help. Improve and probably, yeah. yeah. And it's like, hey, whoa, whoa, you did your job. You did so good. Now I just need my mom. I don't need a business partner. I don't need a complaint partner. I don't need a buddy. I need my mom. And um, that may not work, but the next step is <laughs> I put in the house on the market and I'm moving. Or the next step is, um, if you steal money from me that my granddad left me, then we're going to have some other issues. Do you see what I'm saying? So Rachel's idea is, is perfect. Okay. How do you think she'd respond to that, Jody? Not well. <laughs> I have no, I've tried to have conversations with her before, so we'll see. Oh, shoot. I want you to think <laughs> of it this way. If you hold your boundary after you are clear about it and she violates that boundary, mom, mm -hmm. I do not want to talk about X. I don't want to talk about Y. I'm not going to do this and she chooses to force that on you, she is the one opting out of relationship with you, yeah. not the yeah. other way around. The boundaries aren't what's going to divide you. It's going to be her choice to either violate or to uphold those boundaries that you put out there. And she's an adult and she gets to make those choices. Yep. Oh, Jody, thanks for calling. I hope that helps. This is The Ramsey Show. Oh. 
Our scripture of the day comes from 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all things, at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. And today's quote of the day is by the great and wonderful Maya Angelou. She writes, nothing will work unless you do. Golly, she's the best. So good. So good, man. So good. Ah, man. Uh, all right. Well, we're going to go to the phones. Next up, we have Mary in Minneapolis. Hey, Mary. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you. Yes, What's up? absolutely. How can we help? Um, I guess I, I'm just wondering on buying a home, unless it's a better idea to, to buy one or to rent, um, and then I can go more into detail about my situation. Yeah, what's the deal? Okay. Uh, so I'm getting a divorce. Um, I'm sorry. And I'm, it, you know, I think that's so funny people say that. It, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's okay. It really is. Mm-hmm. Um, it's mutual. It's fine. It is what it is, you know. But um, I'm just trying to figure out with my situation going on, like, if it's better idea to rent first or if I, if you think it could be doable to buy a home. Okay. Like, by the beginning of maybe 2024. It doesn't have to be, like, immediate, but. Yeah, I don't don't know your financial situation, but I would recommend six six months to a year of no major life decisions after this and you can say it's mutual all you want i know how what a mess that process is even when it's amicable it's a mess and the death of that picture i had like unwinding that it just takes time and so i I don't know you can work with with rachel through the numbers but i would not buy anything for a season yeah what where are you currently living mary uh chicago Okay. I mean, like in a home, are you moving? Like what's your current living situation? Oh, I'm living with a parent at the moment. Okay. And mm-hmm. will you be staying in the Chicago area then? Yeah, just till I can save up enough money to hopefully afford a home by next year. But if you yeah. think, I don't know. Yeah. Okay. So um, do you have any money saved? I have about 1500 in savings. Okay. And, um, yeah. I, I don't know. I do have a Roth IRA. Obviously, I'm not going to use it sure, right now sure sure okay <laughs> what kind of debt do you have um i did buy a vehicle uh it's funny that he says that you shouldn't make any like major life decisions because i i made one kind of yeah. on a whim because <laughs> yeah. that's why i tell people yeah, don't because, do that <laughs> yeah. yeah i know well like okay so we leased a vehicle together before we were married so it was under both our names for two almost three years and um i had he was a little pushy on making sure his name was off of it before we got divorced. And so, yeah, no, I made, I tried my best to make it happen. Just, I needed a vehicle in order to get to and from work and that lease vehicle, I wouldn't have been able to afford it. Yeah. Um, so you took out a loan for how much? Uh, about 20,000. 20,000. Okay. What other debt do you have? Uh, that is it actually. That is like the only debt. Yeah. Okay. And how much money do you make a year? About fifty thousand. Fifty thousand. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um. So on a whim, I'm curious. I know you didn't call about the car, but I, I would be curious <laughs> if you Kelly Blue booked it, what it would be. Um. I literally, I bought it about a month and a half ago now. Um. So I'm in the contract, you know, whatever. But uh, yeah, no, I Kelly Blue booked it. It's worth about twenty two. Okay. 
Yeah, yeah I would. So, so I know you called about the house, and here's the deal. Mm-hmm. Um, if I was in your situation right now, I would not buy a home. I would rent somewhere, not only because of the life change you're going through, but also financially, because I want you to have a fully funded emergency fund of three to six months of expenses saved in the bank and mm-hmm. then saving up for a down payment. And that's all after you're debt free. So you can really expedite that whole process if you sell mm-hmm. this car, right? If you if you get out of this car loan and you, you know, you're gonna make two grand on it and, you know, save up a little bit and get not a great car, but you know, six thousand dollar car or something to get you to and from work and what you need, um, that's gonna lower your debt amount significantly to be able to get mm-hmm. out of that, pay that off, save up a big chunk of money for an emergency fund and then save for a down payment. So you're still a little ways off, not crazy, not, you know, it's not too far-fetched. Um, but right now, yeah, in your situation, Mary, I would rent. I think that that's a great option just because home ownership, it's so expensive. I mean, anytime anything happens, it's up to you. And it it always seems to be when you buy a house, you know, eight months later, the heating and air goes out and then the water heater, you know, it's just, there's a lot of big expenses. And when you have debt and no savings, it creates a burden and a stress point that could have been avoided. So if I were you, I would be yeah renting and saving up for paying off this. I would be paying off this debt. I would be saving up for an emergency fund and then a down payment of at least 5% is what I would put down. And Mary, did I hear you say you're in the Chicago area? Yeah, as of right now. Mm-hmm. All right. So September 15th through 16th, me, Rachel, Dave Ramsey, several of us are going to be in Chicago doing a smart conference. It's an all day event. It's a Friday night into Saturday. And we're going to run through all of it. Relationship stuff, mental health, work stuff. And September, it's coming up. In money, like money, money. Three weeks. I'm going to hook you yeah. up with two <laughs> tickets. You and a guest are going to be my guest and you can attend on us. Is that cool? Oh, God, that's awesome. Yeah, that would be sweet. All right, so yes. hang on the line, and AJ Austin will get you hooked up there, and uh, we'd love to see you there. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, that conference will be a good kind of jump start to to this new chapter of your life, Mary. You know, of starting out because um, big changes like that are it's hard, it's difficult. Yeah, and you just want to start doing so much so yeah. fast, and you find yourself in a in your parents' basement with a car note and a I don't know what we're I doing. Know, right? A lot. So yeah, got to sit. Absolutely. All right. Let's go to George in Washington, D.C. Hey, George, welcome to the show. Thank you very much. How are you guys? We are doing well. How can we help? Great. Good deal. So real quickly, I know I only have a couple minutes. Um, A number of years ago, a family friend, I'm actually her uncle, and she refers to me as her her uncle, and I call her my god niece. I had told her sort of half casually, half seriously that I would help her. You know, or I would actually get her a car when she got out of high school. But back then, her tastes were like into beater cars and like less expensive cars. And I didn't think it would ever amount to this. But she got out of high school, ended up getting married. Life goes on. You know, she's now asked about a car. My wife and I, two and a half years ago, when we got married, it, you know, offered her a 15 year old Lexus. It was a cream puff with 100K miles on it. Um, we would take care of all the repairs if there were any that were needed. Mm-hmm. And she was livid and annoyed about it. Uh, you know, kind of in my mind, a spoiled brat. That's it. Uh, it's in my anyway. mind, too. Everyone's mind in America. Yeah, so, Good God almighty. Yeah, well, yeah, maybe not hers, though. But anyway. Well, she doesn't um, get a vote. So my question is, and I, I've had a call with her mom and her, and 
And I said, well, you know, I would help, but I'm not going to be buying you a two-year-old car with 5,000 miles on it for $20,000. That's nuts. So, uh, you know, what, how do I approach this? What, you know, what do I say to her? What I, do I ask her yep, I to would, kick in? Or am I completely off the hook if she turned it because she turned down this other car? Yeah. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, in a sense, you guys offered her a car. But also, George, I would, you know, sit down with your right. wife, figure out, hey, we have this amount to put help her towards a car if she wants to use it towards a car or this amount to, to buy a car. It's whatever you guys can financially do that is wise and you feel good about. So if that's seven grand, that's great. You go find a seven grand car and say, hi, sweet grand niece. That's not even my real niece. Uh, we talked about a car. This is where we're at financially. If you would like this gift, we would love to bless you with this gift. If you're going to give me the middle finger and hate it, then, then God bless yep. and fly and be free. As the great Jay-Z yep. says, brush your shoulders off, man, yeah. and just walk on. Dude. George, you're a very honorable yeah. man. Yeah. And I think if you Thank if you, you feel like Thank you want to stick to your word, you guys figure out together, you and your wife, what, what yep. is the best amount. Yep. But... I mean, how she, however she responds is how she responds. And so. by the way, there's a huge difference. And you don't have to even do this. Between telling a high school kid like, hey, I got you. And then after high school, she's I like, no, know. I'm good. And then after college, and then she comes back 20 years later and she's like, I, hey, remember that time? I know. And by the way, I want it to be red. And good so God. I, any, anybody who turns down Alexis. Oh my gosh, George. Geez, I don't oh. have the words. I don't have the words. Thanks for calling. Thank you, America. Thanks to everyone in the booth. John, great show today. Thanks for listening. This is The Ramsey Show. Hey, it's Rachel Cruz. If you love the show and want a deeper dive on your money journey, we have a weekly newsletter that gives you trending and helpful articles and tips on following the Ramsey way. Just go to RamseySolutions.com today to sign up for our newsletter. Again, that's RamseySolutions.com to sign up for our weekly newsletter.